0: Welcome to episode number 18 of the Grab Blogger podcast. This is the podcast where we're helping you build an online business, build a side hustle, build a research company, build your brand in the space that you want to be an authority in so that you can change the world with your work, with your research, with the power of that business that you're building. So I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. And today's episode, we have our repeat guest back on, Dr. Melanie Bruce. We're talking about when and how to rebrand your online business. Melanie, I appreciate you taking the time to come back on the show again and and talk through this process with the listeners.
1: Absolutely. It was so great. Last well, episode. So I'm happy to be back and sharing my life with everybody.
0: <laughs> you got it. So we last had Melanie on the show uh, on episode 16, which is only two episodes ago. We were talking about using Instagram. We have a lot of great tips about how to use it, what the different structure and processes are. And yeah, it was a really good interview. So if you're listening to these in the future, I'd encourage you to go back and check that out. Um, we shared a little bit of Dr. Bruce's story in there, but this is actually the episode where we're going to be sharing more of her story, I think, So we're talking about how, when and how to rebrand your online business. So for those of you that are just tuning in, Dr. Melanie Bruce has a PhD in consumer behavior from Southern Cross University in Australia. She was an assistant professor of marketing at the University of Tennessee. She's now moving down to Mississippi or up to Mississippi. I'm a Canadian, so... U.S. geography is not that good. (laughs) Um, And speaker, small business marketing consultant. And she started blogging as part of a course she was teaching at theprofessorsout.com. She then moved that into a a business that she was monetizing, used it to get consulting gigs and speaking gigs. But just in the process, just recently, she actually rebranded to the leveragedphd.com. And it's not that often that you get a big website that rebrands like that. We did it with my business about a year ago. I just want to get the inside scoop on what that looks like for those of you that are considering moving from from one brand to another. So with that, I guess a a great place to, to start is what led you to to wanting to rebrand your online presence?
1: There's actually a couple of reasons why I needed, I felt like I needed to rebrand. And the first was that my blog had really shifted in what I, in the content that I was creating and the content that was the most popular and resonating with people. I started blogging about how to organize travel studies because I came to the United States and found that a lot of students here didn't travel very much. And that travel study was a big part of the college experience that they have. And I have a love of travel and I wanted to help other academics, particularly within the United States where this model is really popular. However, over time, I realized that I was posting more content about how to get a job in the United States as an academic because that's what people wanted to ask me. Well, you got your degree in Australia, you grew up in Australia, how do I get a tenure track position in America? So I started creating content around that and around personal branding and I realized that I wasn't really posting content anymore about (laughs) travel study and being a professor out there in the world traveling. Around the same time, I realized that with this new shift, I now had a direct competitor. I'm doing air because they're not really a competitor. They're just somebody that's in the same sort of area and helping people in the same way that I wanted to help people. And when I started to rank on her brand names, when Google started sending people to my site instead of hers, I decided that it was time for a change because I was encroaching on her brand that she had developed quite some time before I had. So I felt like I was in her space rather than it being my own space. So I wanted to create my own space and I also wanted to change the name of my brand to be aligned align with what I was now doing, which was helping PhDs to leverage their PhD, hence the name, The Leveraged PhD.
0: Oh, I love it. And I mean, that's along the lines of with what we're doing and it's an important message and an important topic. Of helping phds people with phds you know get to the next level whatever that is for them it's finding a um, an academic position if it's finding a position outside of academia if it's building a, a research company that's brick and mortar if it's building an online business or building a personal brand it's all it's all important and i do want to i do want to comment on the competitor thing because there's so many people there's so many phds that need help <laughs> and so many so few of us that are actually providing that help that i do think that it's it's just like you said, it's not really that we're competitors. I'm not the person you were talking about if I make it sound like that. But it's just more that for yourself, I think the brand names are quite similar. So there just leads to a little bit of confusion, right?
1: Absolutely. And I mean, marketing, we talk about creating a brand and you don't want to have confusion of who they're talking about and, and what they're talking about. And it is just so close. You know, She's the professor is in and I was the professor is out. it They were too close. It was it wasn't going to be a strong brand in the future and i wanted to have a strong brand it was important to me it was what i was trying to help other people do i couldn't not have it for myself
0: makes a lot of sense and i would encourage the the listeners to go check out the professor is in as well um it's a she does great work on her website and on her platform as well but i could see that just having the three letters change to two letters could could cause some brand clashing and brand confusion so it's a great kind of choice. Was there any other reasons that it was a natural time for you besides, you know, your, your focus was shifting, wanted to look at a new brand that it, that it made sense to move on? Was there anything else there?
1: Uh, not particularly. I did have... Well, I guess there is actually. I had a, a life change. I had my first child. And because of that, I was traveling a little bit less. Uh, I know, Chris, that you've recently had a child and a lot of... Uh, academics have children and we do have to change up our priorities in our life and i was traveling a little less before i had my first child i was doing at least 3 trips a year with students in addition to another 3 or 4 trips personal trips so travel was a huge part of my life it definitely is still a big part of my life uh, i took a small break when my son was first born but i've since continued to but i'm just not doing six or 10 trips a year anymore. So I didn't have the content as well to, to put out there. And I do want to say, and this might come up later, but but I just want to say, don't, I think rebranding isn't as hard as people might think it is. And don't get scared to get started because you think, oh, what if my brand's already taken? Or what if I figure out that i want to change my direction in the future? Because you can always change it later. You can do it. I'm an example of that. Uh, Grad blogger is an example of that. So yeah, listen on and let's let's do this together.
0: Yeah, and I agree. My first blog was mydustexplosionresearch.com, which is like a terrible name. <laughs> it's hard to say. It's hard to remember. And yeah, I changed it. Dust safety science is now where my my industrial safety company's at. Um, we've expanded. And now we have Grad Blogger, which is obviously this platform. You can always change it. Don't let just like Millie saying, don't let stop you from getting started. And then if you are thinking, so don't let stop you from getting started. Carry on for a while under your first brand. If you're going to do that, don't like change six times in a year. So that's not going to get you anywhere. But if it's time, if you can tell it's time, then don't wait either. Because it's never going to get easier to rebrand if you wait a year or two years or, or whatever. You may be that you're doing it for other reasons. You don't want to accept that new thing into your life that you're trying to grow into and you're kind of, this pre-brand is an issue. So that's that's the psychological side of it. But coming back to you and your brand, what is the focus of the Leverage PhD? What can people expect from you as a the content provider in that space?
1: Well, my goal is to help people who are working for or who have a PhD to use their full, their PhD to their full potential. Increasingly, I'm seeing that people with PhDs can't get hired, that this traditional route of going into academia isn't possible because there's just too many PhDs. It's too competitive. You can have a great list of publications. You can be researching really well. You can be a fantastic teacher doing all this service, and you still can't get a position. So my goal is to help PhDs either get an academic position or if they already have an academic position sell their book that they're writing or be booked and paid to speak to consult so PhDs are experts, but we have a really bad name. We we don't have a good brand. We we aren't seen as people that can do industry research or that can do consulting because we're seen as really theoretical. And so by building your brand, you can build your authority and become known as the expert in a particular area. And I think Chris, you're a really great example of this if we look at your dust explosion business and your blogging and how you've created yourself as an authority in that field, in a field that that type of thing didn't really exist before. So on my blog, I have heaps of free resources on establishing and developing your personal brand. I do a lot on social media because that is, I believe it's a great way for you to build your authority in your brand. It's a very cheap way of doing it. It's, it takes some time and you can definitely can be strategic about that. So I have things on there about what type of hashtags you can use or what platform that you should be on. And, I also have a course. So for those people who really want to invest in themselves, there is I do have content that you can obviously pay for, but I really want to help as many people as possible. So lots of free content on my blog where you can leverage your PhD, use it to the full extent. And that can be from when you're starting your PhD, when you're still in school, still studying to even if you've been out for 10 or 20 years, you can still leverage your PhD.
0: I love it. And it's obvious the success, success you've had throughout uh, you know your career with with starting with professor out, the other businesses that you're doing. And we talked a bit about this in, in episode sixteen, but consulting, speaking, some sort of passive income models, courses on the leverage PhD. I mean, there's a lot of steps involved, I guess, in one on one hand, but in my mind, it's so open and available to to ninety-five percent of PhD students. If you're like me, chances are you're PhD is in an obtuse area of the world. <laughs> Mine is, is not even all explosions in industry. It's only ones containing small particulate matter. And most people don't even understand what that means. But the, So that's sugar dust or coal dust or whatever. But if your PhD is really obtuse, you're probably going to be the first person ever to write about it online. Let's say again. You're probably going to be the first person to write about it online ever. What an opportunity if you're willing to put yourself out there and start to grow a personal brand and, and things like the Leverage PhD and other groups. Um, we're going to help lift those people up because there's there's some scary steps. None are particularly hard, but a lot of them are, are really scary and riddled with imposter syndrome. But I just want to encourage people, you can do it and, and say, yeah, I definitely check out the Leverage PhD to help you get there along the way as well.
1: Yeah, and if I can just add, Chris, I also want to encourage people who think that they're on the opposite end of the spectrum as well, because I'm in marketing. If you go online and look for a marketing expert there's a lot of us because we know how to market ourselves. And so I have, I don't talk about it too much. I try to to, just to give examples, but I don't want to talk about myself too much on my my site. But I have a business, I consult with companies in marketing and I've established my personal brand as a marketing expert as well, particularly looking and helping eco-businesses start up there and launching their products. And so you can do it if you are extremely obtuse and detailed and right in some area that you think nobody else is doing right now are oh, amazing opportunities. But even if there is already a lot of people out there doing this, you can leverage your PhD. You have a PhD, which a lot of people in your area don't have.
0: Very, very few would be my be my guess. No, it's a really great point. So the kind of goal here was to see so I rebranded from my dot com slash science dot com or to science dot com. You rebranded from the professor's out to the leverage PhD recently. If anybody else is thinking about this, what are the steps that involved in rebranding? Is what I'm trying to get out of this. So it'll be a little bit of back and forth. How did you just go about planning? Because it's it can feel a little bit daunting. Um, but did you come up with a process of of steps that you were going to follow to to do the rebrand, or how did that look for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I was trying to decide the first, do I do this in one fell swoop, quickly rip the brand off and, and from one day to the next, I was going to be a brand new brand or would I do it slowly over time? And this will depend a little bit on what type of rebrand that you're doing. For me, I was changing up some of the content and I wanted to keep the old content on the site, the things about travel study I wasn't going to bring across to my new site. So I decided on a much slower process than what some may do so first I decided on my new name and I did a lot of research on that new name made sure that nobody else was using it I did some googling I made sure that it would work and I also asked a group of people that were really loyal followers that I had created connections with over the the last couple of years and I asked them what they thought of the name I asked for feedback And once I decided on the name, which I think is really the hardest part, because when you're going to go through this whole process, you think, oh, I need to get it right this time. And as we said before, you can rebrand again. Obviously, you don't want to have to do it really quickly. And so take the time to get that right. So I decided on my new name. I decided that it was unique, that it was what I wanted it to be having a niche is really important. You can't be all things to everybody. And a lot of people did say to me, well, you know, you have PhD in the name. That means that people who don't have a PhD or aren't going to getting a PhD, working towards a PhD, they're going to feel like it doesn't apply to them. And so I thought about doing something different, but there are so many people with a PhD that I can help. And yes, I'm not going to say to somebody, you don't have a PhD, you can't use my resources, but PhDs have a very unique situation and... I can help them in a very specific way. So I decided to niche down, as we say in marketing, and choose that group of people that I knew I had the expertise and ability to help. Obviously, part of that researching was making sure that the domain was available and that the social media uh, handles were available because we live in this digital social world. So I needed to make sure that they were all available. And then I purchased that domain and I actually purchased a couple of domains that I thought I might want to use. And I'll let them lapse once I now that I have chosen this particular one. Creating a new logo. If you have a logo. And then I moved the content across that I wanted to move across to my new website and I created redirections to those so that anyone who was clicking on those links in anything that was already out there that they would end up on my new site and not get the the 404 failed, could not find. I announced it on all of my social media and through my email And after I had done all of that, which I was getting really great feedback from everyone, oh, we love the new name and everything, I monitored Google Analytics to make sure that I wasn't getting anybody landing on my site who was was going to the wrong pages or the pages were no longer existing. So looking for errors and looking for old traffic that wasn't there. So I kept my the professor is out up and running so that I could track that. You obviously don't have to do that. You can get rid of it and you can still track the Analytics to see if people are uh, ending up not where they meant to be.
0: So yeah, that's a great overview, and maybe I'll share my steps as well. And just as you were talking, I broke broke into kind of preparation, actually doing the, the switch, and then sort of post transition. Um, for myself, we had three main uh, traffic sources: search engines were one, um, LinkedIn, social media, but LinkedIn was by and far the, the biggest social media channel we had. Then our actually own newsletter drives a drives a pretty, pretty significant portion of traffic. So a bonus of doing this is if you have multiple traffic sources, search engine optimization is really the only one that's hard to get traffic back to your website. I just we just started pointing all of our redirects or all of our social media posts to the new website. The newsletter was easy to convert over. Um, it's just convert to the new branding, convert all the links over to the new website, and then the search engine we did the same thing. So we used a Two tools, one that allows you to, and I don't remember the names, I should have looked them up, but you can probably find the same. But you can export your posts to a, a XML file and then import them to your website. And that sounds really complicated, but it's pretty easy. You just press export on one on one domain and WordPress in the back end, get your posts and press import on the new website. It's pretty straightforward. And then redirect. Um, and that was just going through each one through a, a plugin and saying redirect from this website to this website. It probably took me to transfer over maybe 50 or 60 blog posts, you know, no more than, than a day to, to transfer over all the content. And most of our traffic was coming through social media, was coming through newsletters. So that was already done. But then the search engines took a little while to pick up. So we left the site after we did the transition. We left it on for almost a year now as the traffic and watched the traffic dwindle down. We just turned off the site last week, actually, because the traffic had finally dwindled down to zero. Um, we weren't getting newsletter signups and we weren't getting people through the website. So that's a bit of the process. If you have questions on the specific tools and plugins and that, I'm mean, going to leave them in the show notes at grablogger.com slash 18. I'll pull out actually the exact plugins that we use for that. So I guess on your end, do you have any tips on how you maintain traffic through your rebranding process? Um, I sort of just explained my process, but on your end, what did, what did you find?
1: Yeah, obviously the, The 301 redirects is going to be the biggest thing because you have control over your social media and the content that you're putting out there, but you are going to find that people will find some old posts sometimes on social media. So you do want to have those redirects set up. And that means that when they type in your old URL, they're going to automatically jump to the new one. They're not even going to notice. It's going to take a second for that to do once you set it up correctly. You can also redirect your whole site, but you've got to make sure that you have completely copied it across exactly the same with all the same URLs. And I actually used it as a time to modify and to improve all of my content. So I went through one by one and pulled them across based on which ones were the most popular. So I'm actually still doing this now, ones that aren't quite as popular, but I do want to pull across eventually. I just take one or two a week and and pull them across to my new site and set up each individual redirect. I did lose some organic traffic because of that some search traffic as a result of that and it took about a month for that to start picking back up and to see it about the same as what it was. It, it's not entirely 100% because I've left some posts there that are very popular on my old site and they will continue to stay there. But you'll see a little initial dip in your search engine optimization, your uh, your organic search as a result of your rebrand.
0: Okay. So that's the kind of technical side, traffic and and getting back, people back to your website. The part that you probably like to talk about is the marketing side, because I know that's your background and consumer behavior. So how are people interacting with your new brand, you, you said it's been going pretty well, but how how's that been how are people responding to the new branding, to the new messaging for helping academics build personal brands with a PhD?
1: So I've actually had a lot of people reach out to me. I haven't really asked them. I I did a couple of posts and said, let me know what you think of the new brand. And I did get a lot of people writing, yeah, they'd love it. And I've also had people send me emails or send me DMs on social media just saying, I love the new name. It really encompasses what you are. And that made me feel that I had done this right and that it was the right decision and it was the right time because everybody has embraced this new name and this new brand that I have. It wasn't necessarily that I changed my brand, I really just changed my name. Because your brand is obviously more than just a name, it's everything that you do and what you stand for. And one thing that really helped me to do that is by keeping things consistent. When you do a rebrand, you actually want to change as little as possible. Unless you're a huge corporation with millions and millions of dollars to do a lot of advertising, change as little as possible in one hit. So I kept my font, my colors, my images, I kept them all the same. If you look at my new logo and my old logo, they are exactly the same, just the words have changed. So rather than it saying the professor is out, it now says the leverage PhD, it's still the same little graphic that I have on there. And that means that people who see that connect me with my old brand and who I am. So it allows you to pull across All of that, it's called brand equity, all those positive feelings that people have and connections and associations with your brand by doing a little bit, as little as possible change. It's called Just Noticeable Difference if we want to get really technical. And it's about changing small things slowly. If you have a look at really big brands like Coca-Cola and you look at their logo today compared to their initial logo, it's really, really different. But if you look at every single small change that they made over the years, 10 years later, they changed the font a little. 10 years later, they changed it a little more. That's what you want to do with your rebrand so that people can still associate it with you. Of course, if you're rebranding and you don't want people to associate with your old brand, then do the exact opposite and change everything. Change your colors, change your fonts, uh, change your imagery and everything.
0: Oh, really great tips. And I guess kind of coming back to the, the start, I want to put something together for people if they're thinking that maybe they need to rebrand, what kind of signs should they be looking out for? And the ones I have sort of written down here already is, you know, is your focus shifting? Or is your audience focus shifting? Are you finding that more people of a very specific subset of your niche, or even alternative niche? In my case, I started with researchers, and then industry experts started coming in. Does it fit where you want to go with your business? Are you excited about going in a different direction? That's probably an indication that it's time to to rebrand. Um, has do you have life changes that are stopping you from doing the thing you're doing originally? Like you mentioned with travel, my travel has been cut down quite a bit because again, uh, I also had a son this year and uh, Despite what people tell you, they're a lot of work. No, <laughs> they're a lot of work regardless. Uh, but are there, any, are there any other signs people should be watching out for? And say, hey, maybe you know, if you find another brand that's similar to your in your space, that's also another.
1: Yeah, if people are getting confused about who you are and what you stand for, if they don't understand the name, or if you realize that your name might mean something different in another area, if you've started to get followers from a different region, maybe they call something different in a different area. And that's something that a professor has outworked really well in the United States and in North America, but it didn't work quite so well in Australia, my home, because mm-hmm. people would say to me, but you're not a professor because in Australia, it, you, to be a professor, you have to have, you know, that." that's the end goal. You get that when you're 60 or 70. It's kind of like a, uh, a full professor here. So in Australia, you'd be a lecturer and that's similar to the UK market as well and somewhat in Canada. I know it's changing a little bit because of the American influence there. And so if you do have a market that your brand name doesn't mean the same thing in, then it, that's another sign that it's probably time to, ch- to change up as well. But if generally, if your customers, if your consumers, if your audience, your potential audience don't really understand what your brand means, your name means, then that's a really great sign that it's time to switch it up.
0: The last one this I think that we'll touch off on is something you mentioned earlier on. I just put a star beside. There will be a subset of your audience if you, if you pull about what your new brand should be. Because I experienced this and a lot of the, the students I work with, and coach, I've experienced this um, when picking brand names. There's going to be a subset of your audience that's going to pull you to be more general. Um, with Grab Blogger, I, I said, well, I'm not even a graduate student anymore. <laughs> so that's, that, is that an issue? Um, I don't know if blogging is the way of the future. I know the concept of blogging, but actually blogging, writing a blog post may not be the way of the future for creating a personal brand. And personally, myself, I, I'd rather do podcasts and video. But So I had all these people as I, as, I, as I went through these different brand names that were trying to pull me to be more general. What if, uh, what if somebody comes and they're not an academic and they want to help? Well, kind of like you said, well, my material will help them, but that they're not my core audience. So there will always be, always be this pull to be more general. And I want to just encourage people to fight that pull. Um, I talked about this a bit in episode four of the podcast. Yeah, episode four, how to name your blog, podcast, YouTube channel, or anything else. If you try to make something that's applicable for everyone, then it won't be useful for, for anyone. So I really dug in and said, no, it's going to be academics. I'm going to help them build online businesses. And I'm going to help them... Do that so they can influence change in the world. And that's that's my the brand I'm trying to build out. And yes, it will be helpful for if I have a friend that wants to start a our business and didn't do an academic degree. Yeah, sure. It'll be helpful for them. But they're not who I'm creating honestly but they're not my my avatar. They're not people that when I sit down and say, Okay, I'm creating this podcast episode today, I'm not thinking about them as being the people I'm creating it for. I'm creating it for academics that want to change the world through online business. So Fight the pull at the generalization is is kind of the one of the thoughts I just want to highlight there that you mentioned earlier. Anything else on this rebrand before we kind of we kind of move on for the the rest of the show, or is there anything else that people should know or be thinking about?
1: Yeah, just one last thing I I want to bring up, and that's about what a brand really is. A brand isn't just your name, and I, I got a little bit into this earlier. It takes time to build those associations, and you might find that okay, we talked about the checklist of these are the things that might make you feel like you might need a new rebrand. And if you're thinking, well, people just don't associate my brand with that name, then you can build that. That's not something that you need to change your name for. If you don't have all those other things that are pulling you to to push you know change your name, you can create a strong brand around any name. A name isn't actually the most important thing. It's more about the associations that you create with that brand. The more time and money you have, you can create a brand from anything. The less time and money, that's why it's a little bit more important to get that brand right. The name, I should say, the name right.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. And I always say that a personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And we talked about this in episode 14 with Dr. Gaius Augustus, where he said he started his creating content, becoming the authority in online animation and art regarding to science. And he started putting content out. He's through the GrabLocker Accelerator program. Um, and for a couple of months, he did this and people were reaching out and "Me, Hey, we, we were at a conference and I was in a room with 10 people. Somebody mentioned your work and everyone in the room actually knew that you did animation, that you were the best person to contact for sci for sci art. Um, science art, and I remember when somebody said that to me about dust explosions, <laughs> and it's like, oh wow, like that's that's what a you know that's what a personal brand is, and it's not something you can just get overnight. And the important part of that is, you, then you want an identity that can be brandable. So that's what I said. I said, grab blogger is actually more brandable than it is maybe covering the specific brand, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, that's a great way of thinking about it. It's brandable.
0: So yeah, I think the the when and how to rebrand your online business. I think we've covered that. Um, I just want to give you a chance. What's what's next for Dr. Melanie Bruce um, and the Leverage PhD?
1: Well, I've got a lot going on. This is an exciting transitional time in my life. I've just started offering on-site websites as part of the Leverage PhD and getting more speaking requests. So I see a lot of a lot more travel in my future, which we talked about before. I love and I'm really excited about. I love teaching. And I'm really excited about getting my first workshop lined up on the career life side of things. This is a pivotal time for me. I've just signed a contract for a year academic gig and it's my chance to really give academia one last go. I've been burnt out by academia. So I'm taking this year to really do some internal thoughts, figure out if this is what I want to do. I really do love academia, but I also love being an entrepreneur. I love blogging. I love all the things that I'm doing with that. So this year I'm going to be working on my passion project, which is helping ecopreneurs launch and grow their social and sustainable enterprises and deciding if I want that side hustle that I have to be my main hustle. So if you got confused, I have a couple of side hustles. The Leverage PhD where I help PhDs develop their personal brand and also my personal brand, Melanie Bruce, where I help people with their marketing and launching their businesses, specifically businesses that want to make a difference through environmental and sustainable social practices.
0: Well, I love it. And I'll be watching with interested eyes to see how it goes over the next year because I know just by the level of experience that you have that. Uh, She'll be doing big things in the space. So I would definitely keep my eye open and uh, I'd encourage others to do that as well. I thank you again for being, I think maybe the first repeat guest we've had on the show. If not, um, one of the very first repeat guests we had on the show.
1: So excited. I'm proud. Proud to be the one of the first.
0: Awesome. So yeah, we'll hopefully get you back on for a three-peat here in the in the near future to talk about how the, the Leverage PhD is doing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, see where my path is leading me. I'm so excited wherever it ends up and follow along with me. I'll share with you what I decide and where I'm going.
0: I love it. So kind of the big takeaway from this episode was really around understanding when it's the best time to rebrand your online business and what steps you might need to be thinking about, about retaining traffic, even before that, about pre-planning, about coming up with a new logo, new branding, making sure it's consistent, make sure you don't confuse your audience. We talked about a lot of that stuff. And I want this is a good episode, I think, for those that are in that space. Because it's something you don't hear a lot about, you, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of cheat sheets, rebooks out there on on this is the way to rebrand. So I thought it was a good, helpful topic. If you if you like the topic, definitely tag myself at Grablogger and at the Leveraged PhD, um, both on Twitter and on Instagram. As we we discussed in episode sixteen, I'm going to be a lot more active there, um, and with the help of uh, Melanie in that podcast episode, I, I now know what I'm going to have to do to do that and yeah, I really look forward to continuing to help academics build online businesses, the change that they want to put in the world. I want to see them put that out there through blogging, podcasting, and video. And I'm really excited for the space. We have people that are growing like myself, people that are growing like Dr. Melanie Bruce that are going to be doing big things um, over the next couple of years. So keep your eyes open and we look forward to, to seeing that whole process grow.